Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with very special guest in studio. Tevin Pittman. God. And Andy Brant Bernard. Oh, he's doing the double pump. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. There's no question about it. Andy's back. Uh, Catherine and Alex will not be in because I don't know why mom's not going to be in, but I know Alex has to pick her kids up because they're closing the schools because of the weather. Yes, they are. So we can just schmooze. We have great guests coming up, though, at 1045. Debbie Boone. Um... The new cover of Snow, yes, that song they uh, sang on the train in White Christmas. <clears throat> but we've talked to Debbie Boone before. She's very, very pleasant. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Snow. No, that's not Let It Snow. No, that's, snow. um, I don't remember the lyrics really, but snow, I know it goes, snow. snow is like what they say. In it. <laughs> that's it? They just go, snow. The only word I remember is the word snow. Snow. Melissa probably, if she's listening, she knows what I'm talking about. Well, she's not listening yet, probably. Ten, ten minutes early. She's not going to be on until 1045, but. No, Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Oh, yeah, she probably is listening in. But, yeah, Debbie Boone's a very pleasant person, so that'll be nice to have her on. So, Tevin, all I hear from the Walzer group is what a wonderful human you are. I don't know who you've been talking to then. But no, I'm, I do all right over there. You, you do all right do over all there. Right, I do all right. It's, it's, been a, it's been a fun experience. Yesterday sucked because it was freezing and you spend all this time going outside. and Yeah, going to the cars. Yeah. The yeah. People, people will come in. I'm like, let me tell you about your car from inside and then we'll yeah. go look at it outside yeah there you go i like that let's not wander the lot no. what do you say yeah that'd be a little hard to take wandering the lot when it's six below zero yep i would not care for that have you guys heard about stanford's list i have not 
See, as a black man in America today, it's good to have you in studio because you can be the judge okay. along with the two honkies that are here. Okay. <clears throat> Which I probably can't say the word honky anymore because everything is offensive. Oh, though. yeah, that list. Have you seen the Stanford list, Andy? Mm -hmm. Can't call yourself an American anymore. I can't call myself an American nope, anymore? none of us can. Oh, why is because that? Because it insults Latin Americans and South Americans. They can call themselves Americans. It's Apparently a, it implies that the U.S. is the most important country in America. Which, I mean, I, you could argue it is, but yeah, you could you're, not, you're not supposed is. to acknowledge that. Who cares? But, and also, I would argue that, like, in, like, it's where the United States of America, like, it's in the name. Yeah, there are no other countries with America right. in the name. It's not yes. like, no, so, right. there's no, like, Argentina, like, yeah. they can, they're more than welcome the to call Argentine themselves The Argentine states of America, yeah, they're yeah. not a thing. No. Okay, so here you go. America can't say grandfather anymore. Why not? And they canceled grandfather because... Things were grandfathered in, which didn't allow black people to vote 150 years ago. Okay. But here's the problem. Grandfathered is not the same word as grandfather. No. Right. It doesn't even mean the same thing. Right. Well, it's like saying there used to be laws against being ugly, so we can't have laws anymore because yeah. the law was used badly that one time. <laughs> exactly. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> can't call yourself brave anymore. Because you're stealing from the Native Americans, but they didn't speak English. So how could you steal brave from Native Americans when they didn't even know what the yeah, word what brave meant? What is the meant? etymology of the word brave? It's brave just... comes from Latin. Latin. There you go. Uh, yeah, which went into Spanish and Italian, bravo, yeah, which bravo. became brave. So it has so nothing to do with Indians. What about then, like the Bravo Network? Can you not well, see? Uh, you yeah. cancel them see, too. That's why I'm glad you're here. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, you can't say master. That one's been around forever. Yeah, master bedroom left a long time ago. Well, what about people that have their master's degree? Yeah, master's you degree. You are allowed to say master's degree for no reason. Because they have all got them at Stanford, is that why? <laughs> yes. That's, That's exactly why okay. yeah. Yeah. That made this Because master's list. degrees make them a lot of money. Okay, now we have three age groups in here. There's me, there's Andy, and then there's Tevin. You're younger. a millennial, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You're, yeah. what, about 10 years younger than Andy? Something like no that. way. How old are you? Uh, 36. No, I'm like six years younger than Andy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're 30 now? Yeah. Oh, no, my I'm, I'm God. Old. I'm old. Mm -hmm. My baby boy is Don't growing Don't start hurting. <laughs> just telling you. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I just called you a baby boy. Yeah. Whoops, I can't do that. Uh, my baby man. Baby <laughs> man. Baby man. Sounds great. Uh, words University, Stanford University includes in its index of harmful language because they are ableist, sexist, or racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanford University is publishing a list of all these things to educate people. They aim to educate people. I am getting the feeling, and you both can, because, you know, you're 35 younger than me. They're on 40 years younger than me. But um, when I look at Harvard, I look at Stanford, I look at these, these people are getting dumber by the minute. What happened to our great institutions? Stanford yeah. has been doing this for ages. Yeah, so is Harvard, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's all just words. Like, I remember when I was in high school, we had the, we had a foreign exchange student from Russia that came and uh, attended our school. And, like, I think we were in freshman. must have been, like, freshman high school. Anyway, um, we were all in gym class, and she would swear at us in Russian. Like, she was a super cool <laughs> Russian girl. Like, she was awesome. But I she like would, like, it. curse at us in Russian, and we are like, we don't know what her like what she's saying and right. so we i think the word was tree or no we oh sorry it was kusk we made up a word kusk. and told her it was yeah we told her it was a swear word and so we would like instead of swearing we would use this kusk word 
and she got she was like she like got super upset because she thought we were swearing. It was like it's all just words. Like you, yeah. it's there's words. No, it's 100 percent about intent. Ban, right? If you ban all these words, people will just find new words to say. Yep. Yes, it's called the euphemism people. treadmill. Yeah, that's the exact. Yeah, right. You're both absolutely right on the money. It's just going to continue anyway. I mean, we're going to get to the point where Cool and the Gang can't say "get up with the get down" anymore. Right. Like, Come on. Right. I love it when the guy went, get up, boo, to get down. <laughs> I love that. Cool in the gang. There's a reference. I haven't heard of them in forever. It's been a long time. No. There's no question about it. It might have been it. disbanded a little bit ago. Uh, one of them just died not that long ago, unfortunately. Oh, yeah? in Was the, it cool? Sorry. Well, did oh. you see Franco Harris died? He died, yeah. yeah. 72 years old. I loved Franco Harris. Did you ever talk to him, interview him? I talked to him a couple of times, but I never met him oh, in okay. person. But no, could not ask for a nicer guy. Yeah. Just a very, very nice man. The Immaculate Reception was one of the most amazing plays in the history of the NFL. Well, I think it was voted the best play in NFL history. And then I think it's either today or this weekend. Pittsburgh was supposed to like do some big Saturday. ceremony yeah, for him. <clears throat> so. yeah. uh, he said, well, he's obviously still alive. Uh, he said that he does not remember any of that catch. He doesn't remember catching that's the crazy. ball. He doesn't. Rem- All he remembers is he ran. Yeah, that's CTE for you. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's actually probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. You know, I'm looking at the president of Stanford University right now. Mm-hmm. I can tell by the look on his face, I'd hate his guts. Mm. He just looks very arrogant to me. And that's uh, what happened to our school system. What is with the arrogance from? Kindergarten all the way through college. There's, all, there's this new arrogance in our education system. It's been like that for probably 20 years. Really? It's been At that least. bad for that long? Yeah. That's sad. Yes, it is. I mean, I just don't understand any of it. I, why do you want to be that way? Does it make any sense to you? No, and it's definitely elevated once you get to, like, the university level where people mm-hmm. are now constantly posturing because, well, oh, my yeah. school has this many presidents or we do this, this, that, and the other thing, and so it's all... Yeah, the whole university kind of is just gross. God, Paul, yes, it is. Paul Mercurio told me a story yesterday because Paul and I are really, really good friends. I'm talking to him yesterday. He did an appearance in Des Moines, Iowa. He did like three, four shows in Des Moines, yep. Iowa. And he said there were four black men in the audience, and all four of them were with white women. So he railed on them and said, why do you turn on your own people like that? There are all these black women out there that really deserve to be with a man like you. Why do you do this to them? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> in their defense, there's probably not a lot of black females in Iowa. Probably but, yeah. not. Uh, you might be right about that. But, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, do you, look, you, there are certain words you don't want to be. Like that coach, I can't remember where he was again, where he, I'm, I, they didn't say what he used, but I'm assuming it was the big N, to teach his students, do not text words like this. He took those words and said, don't text words like this. It's a very, very bad thing to do. And because he said the word, they fired him. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah. What See, do you mean, I was, yeah? I mean, no, I mean, not like I wouldn't have fired him, but it's like. It's a university. How do you, what do you tell, expect? Right. But like, it also, like, how can you tell them what not to say without somehow oh, saying it, spelling it out? If I was one of those students, I would absolutely, every time they said the N-word, I'd be like, what do you mean? What, what N word? <laughs> yeah, the N word. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're near? Have... You're talking about near? Are you yeah. near me? You're going to have to be specific because uh, I've never heard it before. I just, I, can't we all just get along for Christ's sake? That's all I'm saying. Right? Yeah. And I don't think I've heard any of, like, all the words you said on Stanford's naughty list. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I've ever heard, or not, I shouldn't say ever, but I haven't heard, at least recently, anybody use that in a 
derogatory sense. What, the big N? Or no, like I'm saying, like grandfather oh, grandfather or no. anything like that. Like all these words you're not allowed to say anymore. Like I don't yeah. think it's like nobody's running around town terrorizing people saying those words. And I'll tell you one thing, I brought this up on the morning show, but they said the word cripple and I went, eh, maybe she could and then I thought, no, wait a minute. Because in my neighborhood, and it was always young black men, you say, Man, look at that cripple. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not talking about cripple. a person right. like, like bloods and crips. Yeah, yeah, like like a nice car go by and they oh, go, man, okay. look at that cripple. No, I've never heard, heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that either. Oh, yeah, well, not not today. That was um, you're talking about 55 years ago. Hmm. But cripple was a good thing. Oh, okay. Look at that cripple, man. That's beautiful. I, you know, it's, right. I like that because it was just a <laughs> right. weird sounding word, so that's why they used it. Yeah. But look, I look this whole idea. I also don't understand. Well, this group of people are all really stupid and really bad. Well, now they're not. Now the other, this other group now is really horrible and really bad. It's like, can we get away from gathering all people just because of skin color in one group, and you're either great or you're horrible? People need right. an enemy. Why, yeah, but why an entire race of people like blacks in the 18, 17, well, it's easy. actually 400 years? I mean, if you saw <clears throat> some random white person, you would never know what country their ancestors come from. Right. So you can't say, like, oh, well, you know, I hate all Yugoslavians. Because you'd have to go <laughs> well, around asking people, are you Yugoslavian? I need to know if I hate you or not. Kind of leans right. that way, though. But yeah. if you hate a race, it's easy to tell. You just look yep. at them, and you can pretty much tell what they are. Yeah, and when you're trying to get, like, a bunch of people on your side, like, hey, I need everybody to hate this group of people because it helps yeah. me do X, Y, Z. It's easier right. to say yep. everybody yes, that looks like this rather than you have to get to know mm -hmm. each individual person and figure out how they actually feel on the inside to figure out if you're going to hate them or not. And, and then yeah. that just takes too much time. And the problem there is it's just too easy. Right. And it's just, oh, God, I make a, and you make a lot of money by hating. Hatred makes a lot of money right now. Right. Which I don't really understand. I mean, I literally cannot watch either CNN or Fox for more than about three minutes because it's always they hate this person and then the other side. No, 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 I hate your guy. It's all about how horrible somebody is. Calm down. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. <laughs> <laughs> we better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, well, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right? you know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. 
Well, if you want to calm down, you should listen to the new cover of Snow by, by Debbie, Debbie Boone. Boone. Now, here's somebody who makes total... You know, I've never heard Debbie Boone say, I hate anyone. Mm. You ever t- you, do you hate anyone, Debbie? Uh, not offhand. I didn't think so. You just seem too, you seem too pleasant to hate anybody. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a human. I'm a human. Yeah, you know what, Debbie? That's exactly the point. We are all humans. Can we all just get? Can't we all just get along? As Rodney King once said, "The new cover of Snow." Yes, that song they sang yeah. on the train at White Christmas. Debbie, how have you been? I have been so great. I just got off the road with John Driscoll Hopkins, where we got to perform that song and others together for a few benefits and on a Grand Ole Opry. Oh, you were on the Grand Ole Oh, man, I just love that. You know, I was in Nashville about a year and a half ago. Well, not even a year and a half ago, about a year ago. And there was nobody at the Grand Ole Opry, which, you know, what are you going to do? It was a little upsetting because I would like to see the Grand Ole Opry, but they were down for the weekend or something. I don't know what that was all about. But that's got to be a thrill, huh? That's fair. Timing is everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that completely. It was a thrill. It was a thrill for so many reasons, but... um. One of them being that my grandfather, my mother's father, was Red Foley, who was a host of the Grand Ole Opry for many years. So to stand there on the stage where he stood and my mother-in-law, Rosemary, and my dad, um, you know, there's a legacy there. And it it was great to be a part of it. Is that kind of weird coming from three generations of fame? Or maybe it's more than that, but I know of three. I suppose to you it doesn't feel any different, but to some people I was like... Everybody knows my grandparents. Everybody knows my mother and father. Everybody knows me. Is that, does that feel weird, or is it just kind of natural for you? Well, you know, I'm used to it because, uh, you know, for so many years, um, you know, I tell people these things. But it's still a surprise. You know, when I'm doing my concerts and I mention Red Foley, there's a gasp in the crowd from yeah. people of a certain age that remember him and don't know that I'm related. And I love that. I love uh, kind of connecting the dots for people. Um, but I realize how special it is to come from a line of of performers who have meant a lot to the music business. Um, and and it continues, you know, in entertainment. I mean, you know, obviously there's Cousin George, you know, uh, George Clooney. Right. And my daughter, my youngest daughter is an actress continuing to uh, have a successful acting career so the the you know the line of entertainers continues yeah you know, we just had her on your daughter we had her on what was that about a month ago andy a month and a half something like that uh somewhere it doesn't matter it, it, was, it was a while back yeah she was just on the show a short time ago what do you know family affair it's a family affair. And I do, next time you talk to your father, tell him I do love his commercials for uh, for the supplement that he takes. Because he's like, I'm working out, I play a lot of tennis, I play a lot of golf, I got another movie coming out. I just love that commercial. It's you, you true. Know, it's just true, yeah, exactly. So he's working really hard? Yeah, yeah. He stays so busy. He just recorded some new things in Nashville and... Put out a Christmas video. I mean, the guy is just nonstop. It's kind of great to watch and inspiring to see how he just embraces every bit of life. Yeah, he does, and that's. I think it's wonderful. But so you've been good. I, it's, it's been a, a couple of years since I, I last talked. I um, 
As a matter of fact, I, I talked to you on a morning show that I do now. I have one more show left to do on Friday, and then I'm done after thir- nearly 37 years on the same morning show. And uh, Wow. Yeah, I've interviewed you on that show uh, several times as well, but uh, it feels kind of weird. It's always a nice thing for me when I looked at the docket today and saw your name on it because it's like, oh, you know, because I'm going to continue in digital. Um, I'm going to continue doing this show, and I'll probably do an, another show uh uh, with the whole deal, I mean, radio is radio, but digital is the his, uh, is the future of of the business. I think I don't think it's analog has got its problems. It's like broadcast television. Does anybody watch broadcast TV anymore? Probably not. <laughs> fewer and fewer people, that's for sure. Uh, I, I I'm a slow learner, though. It's you know I, I'm I'm not one of those technical keep up with the times i'm always lost and trying to get somebody to help me figure it out no i understand that completely i was talking to adam laroche this morning he's a very famous uh, former baseball player major league baseball player who has decided that he uh needs to give back because he had such a wonderful career and, and made a lot of money and all the rest of it and i talked to him this morning on that show and that's why i brought the show up uh, and I talked to Adam for quite some time about the whole situation, but you're right along the same lines. Debbie's work uh, mostly consisted of producing contemporary Christian music albums and trying to help people out. Debbie, you've always been of the mind that, that you're in a position because of your family history and because of your talent. You've been helping people out your whole life, have you not? Well, I hope so in, in one way or another. I think, uh, you know, that, that the older I get, the more I realize that mm-hmm. Uh, a happy and fulfilling life is one of service to other people where you're not the focus any longer, but kind of asking each day what you can do for somebody else. And, uh, you know, not every day is successful in that way for me, but more and more. And I realize that's what keeps me truly uh, joyful and satisfied. And the reason I even bring that up, we were talking about before the show started just now, uh, we're talking about the fact that, that I cannot watch the national news for more than about three minutes because one side hates the other side, and then you go to the other side, and they hate the other side, and everybody hates everybody. Wouldn't it be nice if we get back to, hey, why don't we help one another out? Why don't we give everybody a boost? Why don't we give everybody a list? Uh, is there just too much yeah. money to be made by, by – what's that? What was I said it? from your mouth. <laughs> Debbie, can we ever get there? I hope we. I, I hope I can watch the news again someday because I cannot watch the national news right now. It's just too hateful for me. I can't watch it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And you know, we only can influence what is within our power. You yeah. know, but at least we can do what is ours to do. And if everybody feels that way, we can get it done. You know, but if you just kind of think, well, it's too much for me, so why bother? Then we, we won't get there. I agree with that completely. I do want to hear all about your new cover of Snow, and it says, yes, that song they sang on the train in White Christmas. Uh, How long have you been working on this project? Well, we did it in May. I got a phone call from John Driscoll Hopkins from the Zach Brown Band, and I was completely just stunned that he was reaching out to me to do a duet on his new Christmas album. I wondered how in the world he even knew who I was. I knew the Zach Brown band, but, you know, uh, I found out that, that he, as a six-year-old boy, learned You Light Up My Life. It was the first song he ever learned oh. <laughs> and for his family, and he was doing this 
Christmas album with the Yacht Rock review, and it had a whole 70s vibe, and he just thought, what better uh, person than the best new artist of 78 to sing this duet with me? And uh, we just hit it off. I just think he is one of the kindest, dearest, most talented guys, and uh, he flew me to Atlanta, and we recorded the song in the morning and shot a video with the Yacht Rock Review that afternoon. And now we've been performing it live. And it's just, he reinvented the song. And it has such a fun, cool vibe that just gets under your skin. And pe- people are just saying everywhere to me, it just makes me happy. I can't, I can't get enough of it. You see, that's what I, exactly what I'm talking about. Now, are, are, you, are you saying you're going to be on tour or you've been on tour? Well, we, what we did is we did a couple of benefit concerts, one in oh. Atlanta with an orchestra um, and the Yacht Rock Review, and then we did one at the Mule House, a very cool venue in Columbia, Tennessee, and we also did the Grand Ole Opry together. Um, and all of this was really to benefit um, his foundation called Hop on a Cure, which is uh, a, an organization to raise money for uh, ALS. Hop has been diagnosed uh, a year ago with ALS, and he's on a mission now to uh, to really change the the game here with ALS. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? And that's again bringing Adam's name back up. This, talking to him this morning, that's exactly what he's all about. Hey. They're discovering all kinds of new things now, and they can discover a lot more. We can't give up on this. We've got to keep working together and move toward cures for everything that can possibly be cured. We don't even know yet about some things that can be cured. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I remember looking back now, I suppose it's 35 years ago when the AIDS epidemic started and thinking, my God, are they ever going to be able to cure this? Well... They certainly did temper it, and it leans heavily toward a cure. So I don't think 35 years ago anybody would have ever seen that coming, yet it did happen. Right. It did. It did. Um, And and, um, I just take my hat off to uh, Hop's courage in dealing with this and raising. um, He's raised a lot of money in the first year, and even um, they've, they've made their first grant. To somebody, and they're they're going to change this game. They're going to really bring about change um, for not only ALS, but a lot of these neurological diseases that people don't understand. Uh, it takes money to figure it out, but once they crack that code, man, it can it can change. As a matter of fact, I have a dear friend, Kent Herbeck, was a uh, member of the Minnesota Twins when they won the World Series in 1987-1991, and unfortunately, Kent lost his father to ALS uh, several years ago. And he worked very, very hard to raise money and to help with that cause. Uh, if you if you ever come to town, he's one guy. Although standing next to him makes you feel like an infant, though, Debbie, because he's about 6'5", probably weighs about 280. He's a giant of a man. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hop's not a tiny guy either. <laughs> no, I know that's true. But I, I see, Debbie, I just love the fact that, look, let's be honest. If you were just some hunyuk, you got uh, your, your grandparents and you got your parents and you got your great career. and You got the, you could just be sitting at home watching television going, ah, don't worry, I got everything I need, whatever. But you're still out there. You're still producing songs that make people happy. You're helping people out. You're getting them back to health. That's very honorable, Debbie. Did, did you, has your family always been like that? Yeah. I come from really good stock yeah. way back. And, um, yeah, we were always raised. In fact, 
um, for most of my uh, young life, it was my mother's idea that on our birthdays we gave presents to our family members. Uh, so we looked forward every year to our birthdays so that we could pick out and give presents <laughs> to our sisters and, and everybody. And it was just a way of turning things on, on its head that, that, you know, it really brings you joy to give to people. Uh, and we got that very early on. And that's a great message for everybody listening right now. It, it is a great feeling to help people. It, it, and I, I tell you, my wife and I spend a lot of time, don't talk about it much, but we spend a lot of time helping people out that we possibly can. We've helped many, many people out. The one thing you got to be careful of, though, I, and I will warn people, if you've decided you want to start helping people, watch your back because there are plenty of people hanging around those edges that would love to take your money and you'd never see them again. Isn't that unfortunate those people are hanging around other people that want to help people? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, a story as old as time, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop me. From, no. Um, you know, even, even, even when I've been ripped off, I can say, you know, I gave with a good conscience and God bless a person desperate enough to do something like that. And uh, you just continue on and know I believe that uh, if my intentions are good, that God takes care of me and I don't have to be defensive about that stuff. Careful, but, you know, but it doesn't stop. <laughs> yes, exactly. you got to be careful. There's no doubt about that. Um, Debbie, and this might not be a subject you want to talk about or whatever, but I grew up a nice Roman Catholic boy. Um, you know, I believe there is a greater good. There's no question. There's something a lot bigger than me. There's no question about that, whatever they want to call it. Do you, do you run into some problems once in a while, you know, being overtly Christian now is not all that popular in the United States, which I don't understand why they've singled out a, a one single faith. All the other ones are okay, but not that. I, I, I don't understand that. How do you feel about all that? You know, uh, I think there's been some really bad behavior in the name of Christianity sure. that um, yep. I find kind of appalling. Um so I, I understand that. And again, uh, what I can be responsible for is to live the life that I think I'm called to live. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I understand, but if I can live a life that people want what I have, you know, then, then I'm attracting people to the way I'm living and, and not just what I'm saying. And that's the important thing. Is, is not to say one thing and do another. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that Debbie Boone would use her faith to judge other people. I just don't see you doing that kind of thing. Well, like I said, I'm human, and I can be critical and judgmental, um, but what I find is that I, when, I'm, uh, when I indulge those things, it turns in on me, uh, and I can be as critical and judgmental of myself to my own detriment. So... Um, I try to be as forgiving and understanding and compassionate to others, mm -hmm. and then I find I, it's easier for me to do that for myself. See, that's a wonderful thing. What do you got planned for for the Christmas? Uh, yeah, not the very particular things, but anything in general you have planned for the Christmas holiday? Well, uh, yes, I just got back in town, so I've got a little more Christmas shopping to do. But uh, on Christmas Eve, we have a beautiful service where my husband is... Uh, the he's called a vicar in the Episcopal Church. He's right. an Episcopal priest. Right. I don't know if you know that. Um, so we'll have a beautiful service at church. I will be singing, 
And uh, then on Christmas Day, we'll have the whole family and extended family here at our house, my dad included. Lots of fun and laughter and my grandkids and food and all the things that uh, a Christmas Day celebration entails. And I couldn't be happier about it. Well, I'd certainly understand that. How can people hear snow? It's streaming everywhere. You can go to all the streaming services. It's out there like uh, most people's records. So wherever you stream and download music, you can just uh, do a little search for Snow, John Driscoll Hopkins, and Debbie Boone, and it's easy to find. So in a couple, if, with your permission, in a couple of minutes when, when we end the interview, mm-hmm. we'll, uh, I'd like to play the song. Is that okay with you? Play it on the show? I would. I would love it. Andy, would you find it for me, please? It was, I can try. I know you can. Well, you can find She said it's every. It's, it, you can find it everywhere. You said, Debbie, right? Oh, we got a YouTube link, apparently. Yes. Oh, we have a YouTube link. Okay, excellent. Yes. Well, well, we'll do that. Okay. So, Debbie, like Great. I said, I saw your name on the docket. Now, I should tell you, Debbie, how important this interview was to us because it is snowing like mad here. It's two yeah. below zero. The traffic is horrible. So you got some fans sitting in the studio talking to you, sister. I'll tell you that. Oh, my gosh. I won't tell you what the, the uh, high for today will be in Los Angeles. Uh, it must be a, a rough Level life. Above, negative yeah. two. And, and Debbie, <laughs> I assume this isn't your first, obviously it's not your first Christmas song that you've written, but I've always thought, wondered this from artists that make popular Christmas music. Do you ever get to the Christmas season you're like, I have to sing this song again. I'm Christmas every, out. Like, I always think of Mariah Carey. Like she's got to yeah. be tired of singing her "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Do you ever get to a point? I'm sure it's a good point to reach. I'll tell you what. For for several years, I did the Christmas season in Branson. We oh, yeah. start the day mm-hmm. of Halloween. The day after Halloween, we were doing Christmas shows two <laughs> two a day. Um, I'm telling you, when I got home and it was still time to have Christmas, I was done. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, my God. You know, that was my mother's dream. She's no longer with us, but she she always wanted to make it to Branson, and she finally did. And my mother, Toots, her name was Theophila, which means the love of God, of course, so that's kind of a tough moniker, but... Uh, Theophila, they just wow. called, called my mother Toots, and she just they, she thought Branson was heaven. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, I suppose not. I suppose that's probably true. I've, I've had some good times. I've had a lot of good times in Branson. I have decided that next November 1st, I'm going to call you and say, Merry Christmas, Debbie. How are you doing? <laughs> It's a deal. <laughs> all right, my dear. Well, thank you so much for your, all your time this morning. It's always great to see your name on the docket. We're looking forward to listening to the snow as soon as we disconnect. But uh, keep working and keep giving. And then thank you for your generosity and your kind heart and your love of people. It's very special. Thank you so much. And Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Debbie. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Here's her song. Alrighty. It's a cover of Snow. Yes, that song they sang on the train in White Christmas. You well, got the video it. I have is three minutes long, so I don't know if it's a very long cover or it's, there's other stuff in it. So I guess we'll see. No, three minutes not that Let's long. Let's see. Well, the song in the original movie was not very long. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's not a terribly long song. Let's see here. We're going to give it a whirl. Snow by Debbie Boone. Do what we can. 
Christmas with no Like the horn section. I'm good. No horns in the original. I knew they were going to go yeah. cha-cha-cha at the end. You knew it. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rob. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant okay i'm going to show you her picture well, I've seen and, your picture. I'm uploading the episode. Uh, she's 66 years old. She doesn't mm-hmm. look 66. That woman looks no, 66 not, to you. Not at all. <laughs> she's stunningly beautiful. Uh, she's a very, very pretty woman. And she's always been, like I said, we've had her on the morning show before. It's been a while, but uh, she's just a very pleasant person. Now, 
Is, do you think it's kind of weird she's so pleasant because her grandparents were famous, her parents were famous, she's famous? Yeah, well, she's got a <clears throat> song that was on, like, the Hot One, Billboard Hot 100, like, yeah. number one charts back in the day. Like, you would think somebody that's like got that much success would have like, yeah. at least a little bit of an ego. That pretty, that talented, right. that famous, doesn't matter. She's nope. a very, very nice person. Now, why don't we use that as an example of this is how you should act, kids. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's wonderful. What a, she's always been a very, very pleasant person to deal with. And So what do you got planned for the holidays, Buster? Uh, going to see my girlfriend's family. You don't have a see, girlfriend. Yeah, we live together now. What? Yeah, yep. How come so, I've never met her? Oh, because I know better. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, you don't want to chase her off? Is uh, yeah, that what you're no, saying? I'll, I'll, I'll bring her around one of these days. Oh. Um, but yeah, going to, yeah, so she, her family's from Rochester, so we're going down there, then swim up to my mom's, and then Christmas Day, though, I'm like, yeah, I stay at home. I don't go anywhere. You don't go anywhere? No. That was like, growing up, that was like, my mom was always like, we'll go to all the relatives around the holidays, oh, but she yeah, was like, yeah. Christmas Day, like, I want to wake up in my own bed, and then that's like how I am. No, I understand that. So, how's your mom doing? Oh, uh, she's good. She's good. She's out. She just finished remodeling her kitchen. Like she, growing up, she always like loved to cook. Like up early, making breakfast, oh, all yeah, that. Yeah. And so she like re just renovated her kitchen. And so now that's all she does is stand in her beautiful new kitchen. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be. Oh, what time you are you? What time are you firing up the the oven? Yeah, I'll be right over. Your mom can cook a little bit. Wow, she's amazing. Really? Yeah, she used to own. Growing up, she had her own restaurant that she owned and operated for a little while. Over so, in Wisconsin. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll scratch food. Is that Oshkosh? Osceola. Osceola. There yeah. you go. There you go. I knew it was in Osceola, Wisconsin. What was the name of the restaurant? Uh, it was Mom's Amish Kitchen. So she's Amish, or her half her family is Amish. And huh. so she, uh, right. yeah, that's right. You brought that up before, yeah. So that means you're like a quarter Amish, I think, technically, yeah. Technically, probably the only black I mean, Amish, Amish is guy. a cultural thing, right? It's not ethnic, I think they're all Dutch, they're Pennsylvania Dutch, yeah. which yeah. tend to be Amish, yeah. Yep, and yeah, they like they all live in Indiana, in Michigan area, and yeah. so yeah, they, yep. I think, yeah, they all are Dutch. I don't know, I think it's like a religion. I don't know, to be honest, with you, I don't ask a lot of questions, they just make good food. And well, the Dutch, for some reason, how many Dutch people are in the world? A few million, <clears throat> it can't uh, be, can't that be many. too many. I would say, what, 25 million, maybe tops. Let's see here. Number of Dutch people in the world. Uh, well, there's 15 million in the Netherlands alone. So 15 million. So about 30, 34 million in the world. Yeah. So there you go. I said yeah. 25. Decent 34. amount. So 34 million. But they have like 50 different branches of religion. Yes, they do. They got the Scrubby Dutch. They got the, the Amish. <laughs> scrubby. Oh, Scrubby Dutch. That's a big Dutch. deal in Ohio. Really? Scrubby Dutch is huge that in Ohio. Sounds, that sounds very derogatory. It's like, not, not at all. No, no, no. Like you're not I think it means clean. Them. Scrubby oh, okay. is and They're very yeah. clean people. So, uh, yes, they're all scrubbed up, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> but, dumb, well, dumb. my friend Buddy, Buddy Bangert, was Scrubby Dutch, and he's telling me all about that. And what Sounds are you fun. Do? I'll be Scrubby Dutch. Scrubby Dutch. Yeah. We have Joe on the phone. Snow with Joe. What's happening, man? Not much. Just call up to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This will be the last podcast we do. Uh, this year? This year, there's no doubt about it, because Doug uh, is with the Israelis uh, over at uh, the... And you know those people don't celebrate Christmas. You know what? They every, he brought this up on the morning show. I'm glad that you brought that up. Doug Sprinthal brought up this morning that his Israeli counterparts in his business, or their business, have come to America. And the first thing they said was, we've never seen a Christmas tree 
show us a Christmas tree. Mm, no, there you go. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> in Israel awesome. you're not going to see a lot of Christmas yeah. trees. Well, you know what's interesting is in Japan they celebrate Christmas. Yeah, they do. Yeah, as but a it's national holiday. Different from ours. For one, KFC is the national dish of Christmas. <laughs> in Japan? Yeah. That's they amazing. Are, you have to call in weeks in advance to get oh, your bucket for Christmas. That is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to Japan very for Christmas weird. next year. Isn't that wonderful? It is a very weird country. Well, and like Christmas, like whether you're like are religious, like it's not even no, it's not most even a religious people, holiday it's not anymore. Religious, it's just, I don't think. Do you like to eat food and hang out with your family mm-hmm. and have a good time? Like, yeah, exactly. For you, honest to God, your mother and I decided to go to a Christmas uh, celebration at the Basilica about five years ago. Three hours long, baby. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, the Christmas mass. The Christmas mass. I'm glad I'm Baptist. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Baptists don't do that three hour, uh, three hour service. No, we're not mental. We're not no. mental. So, are you Baptist, Southern Baptist? What kind of Baptist are you? Saint Paul. Saint Paul Baptist. Saint okay. Paul. So Northern what do you got? Baptist? Yeah, you're Northern uh, Baptist. Then. Um, what do you got planned for Christmas? Baptist at First Baptist Church in downtown Saint Paul. Yeah. When my grandparents, uh, my grandfather used to play organ there. God, you have all you got feedback, Frank. You yeah. got your grandpa playing the uh, playing the, the organ. Yeah. At, uh, when church. are you going to do a cover of Snow? Yeah, when are you doing it? Oh, I've had my head day with the drums long, long time ago. Long, long ago. So, how are you doing? Everything, everything good uh, in your world? Starting to get cold. These people are starting to know what I came from. <laughs> Oh my God! It's, it's why a, little, it's, a little cold today. It just popped up to zero, it's though. Going to hey, be colder tomorrow. Got a heat wave coming through. <laughs> heat wave coming through. That's uh, another song from White Christmas, I think. We're having exactly. a heat wave. A tropical heat wave, exactly. The weather's going to suck so much that the uh, governor declared a state of emergency down here. Down, really? Oh, it, is it going to really? get down to thirty? No, actually, we're looking at wind chills at twenty below. Really? Wow. In Kentucky? Jeez. Yep. Huh. Jeez. Well, I didn't know it got that cold down there. I didn't either. Somebody told me that. I pay attention to the news kind of half-assed watching the uh, weather. I knew it was going to get down to very low of five degrees. Hmm. But then somebody was telling me, well, they say it's going to get down to 20 below. I'm like, bullshit. No, it's not. <laughs> well, Kentucky infrastructure can't even be built for those temperatures, can I it? I think so. So I sat and watched the news, and sure enough, we're looking at wind chills at 20 below. I'm like, going, oh, boy. Jesus. That's These amazing. guys are going to panic. Well, remember three <laughs> inches of snow took out the entire state of Texas that one year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, our family that lives in Louisiana, and there was a year where they got, like, just enough snow where you could barely see the grass still sticking up through. Oh, and they're yeah. like, this is the winter of the snow. The schools are shut down. Like, <laughs> yeah, the town's shut down. A little dusting. Like, it's ridiculous. What? Six little... feet of snow outside. <laughs> Joe, I don't know if you, you heard the other day, but I gave you credit for it. Uh, they're asking some of the stuff that I'm going to miss when I leave the KQ Morning Show on Friday at 9.22. That'll be the last moment I'll be on that show. But who's counting? No, I'm not counting. <laughs> well, I am counting because there are some people that I hope I never see again. But, you know, <clears throat> um, I gave you credit because uh, you're the first one who ever told me at the old Ford plant in St. Paul, Minnesota, they'd stop working every Friday to sing Aloha Friday with Mike Evans. Mm. Now, that was Bill, man. That was Bill? Big Bill, yeah. I thought you. I thought you were the first one that brought that up. Uh, I might have. I don't know, but I know Bill told me about it. 
Yeah, yeah. It's very, very cool. They, they, they'd stop working so they could sing, It's Aloha Friday, no word till Monday. <laughs> 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 They're taking a break at the Ford. Maybe that's why they shut the Ford plant down. <laughs> Too busy doing Aloha Friday. <laughs> doing Aloha Not Friday work. instead of working. Uh, what the hell? So big plan, you big plans for Christmas or just kind of hanging out? Uh, I'm going to hide. What? I'm going to hide out in the apartment because it's supposed to be cold. Well, but yeah, if it's going to be negative 20 yeah. wind chill, I would too. Yeah, I moved down here to get away from that crap. I know. When I asked me if I wanted a transfer, they said, you want to go to Chicago or Louisville? Mm. <laughs> I want to go where it's not in cold. <laughs> Yeah, that, I have, man, I did not know it got that cold in Kentucky. Well, that's got to no be idea. like uh, semi historic anyway. Let's see. I've been down there for, down here for a couple of years. It was a uh, tire place to get my tires changed. And it was the middle of winter, and guys are telling us that in 94, I think it was, the entire city was shut down for two weeks because they got so much snow here. God, that is, I'm, I did not know that. I had Louisville no idea. actually gets down well below freezing every year. Really? Yeah, but it doesn't last long, though. That's the thing. No, it's only it's all, usually only for like a week in January. But yeah, like yeah, uh, last year got down we... to 10, 2020, 15, 2019, 3, 2018, 0. So yeah, it, it yeah, dips pretty usually... low. It's usually in January that we see our significant snowfall. Yep. If it snows before that, it's gone within a day. When it, um, in January, the snow lasts a little bit longer. Well, it's not much. These guys try and drive in it. The lowest temperature in Louisville history, January 19th, 1994, negative 22. Whoa. Jeez. So, yeah, it can get cold. God, I did not know that. I, I, no I would idea. have never guessed that Kentucky got that cold. No, me either. In my mind, Kentucky is like, you know, 60 degrees at least all the time. Oh, no, to them, 60 degrees means winter's right around the corner. Yep. Unbelievable. All right, well, enjoy the holiday, Pally. We'll talk to you again. What, the 3rd of January, I think, we'll be back. Yes. And, and we're not going to take all these days off coming up because I'm, I'm not changing jobs or anything. That took away a lot of my time. and mm-hmm. So we'll get back at the at the podcast full time, and uh, there'll be some other things happening uh, within a few weeks. And then you guys are going to start pulling in comedians on Friday again? God, I sure hope so because I'd love to get back to that, bringing in comedians. Are comedians good yet? Oh, good oh. question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll say there's a lot of comedians out there that dep- obviously depends on who you get bringing in, but yeah, there's a lot that are quality that I would say you'd have on the show. Some of them are not good. If they're like YouTube stars, yeah, that's the then, thing. Yeah, is there's you, so yeah. much of that, and I mean, we can't just like it'd be rude to say no, we don't want this one. No, so I don't we'd have to be, we'd have to bring them in every week. No, you don't no. think so? If you were like, if you told get that whether crap out it's whatever my... club it is, like. No, we don't want to just bring every single comedian that I you have I think that's on. not a bad idea. Yeah, because you got to filter it. Because they... Oh, clubs, you do. Because clubs will... Do. They'll, like, bring people in that the only reason they bring them in is because they have a million followers on yep. Instagram, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're... Got to get... Yeah. Got to get those retweets and all that. Yep. You know, it's really weird. We haven't booked anybody from your old spot in months. I don't know why that is. Why did we stop booking people from that club? I don't know. Because they still got... Comedians there. I don't think we've booked a comedian in two years. On here? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, that why haven't we? That's weird. Because they were horrible. 
All they wanted to do was talk about Donald Trump all day. No, that is true. It got very political there. You're yes, right it about certainly that. Yeah, did. you're right. That's and great. I don't know if the politics have gone away, really. But, I mean, the morning show oh, yeah. hasn't booked anybody anybody from the, the club in a couple years. I don't Maybe know why they didn't want to do be. it. <clears throat> no, I think they did want to do it. I think somebody at the station decided they didn't want to do uh, it. Didn't ask me, of course. Why would you do that? But, all right, Joe, we'll have a great Christmas. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, Pally. Thanks, you too. Catch Thanks. you later. Joe from Louisville, where it's below zero? Uh, yeah. I had no idea. Well, I mean, no. if you think about it, every winter, West Palm Beach gets down to probably high 50s. Yeah, it gets all the way down to the high 50s. Well, but that's right next to the ocean, and it's a lot farther south than Kentucky. So, yes, I mean, it, it makes sense that, I mean, I would have thought they'd get to, like, 20 not zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. About 20 degrees. But I guess they are pretty far from the ocean, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, right in the middle of the country. Big. The well, farther, not the middle, but yeah. east, eastern middle. The farther you get from the ocean, the more extreme your weather is, generally I, speaking. Well, that's why Minnesota is the furthest of any state in the Union from the ocean. Uh, yeah, the um, farthest spot in the country is somewhere in South Dakota. South Dakota, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> we're pretty much as far as it gets, and we, I think Minnesota must have the biggest temperature swings. Is that the Grand oh, Meridian? Is that what they call that? That's the uh, Pole of Inaccessibility. Bowl of inaccessibility. It's a very, very obscure term that probably me and another 100 people on earth know. Can I call a Polish guy that who can't speak English? <laughs> pole the bowl of inaccessibility. <laughs> right, well, I mean, they are pretty standoffish people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's busy and, and he's in a meeting. <laughs> he's in, he can't talk to you right now. He's in a meeting. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Uh, Donald Rude also says, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. I cannot tell you. Thank you, everybody. I've gotten so many text messages, a lot from women, too, 
that love the show because we talk about family and we have friends. You know, Tevin came in, spent mm-hmm. time with us today, family, friend. And they love that stuff that, that we are very clear that, that we love our family and our friends. And they're Even if you know, only half of us show up. Well, you know, it's <laughs> snowing, so they, you know, mm-hmm. some people just can't make it in. But, all right, we got about five minutes left. Anything special, Tevin? Nah, not really, no. I've been just hanging out, DJing weddings and stuff now, so that's probably going to be doing what I'm full-time next. I tried to juggle a day job and, like, doing all these events and weddings, and it just got too much, so next year will probably be just yeah straight weddings. Cause... You going to walk away from walls, or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Really? Yeah. God, they love you over there, you know. No, I know. It's, it's a great place to work. It just financially makes more sense to you got to do what you got to do, man. Work. DJs can make a ton of money. Yeah, especially for weddings. Like during, obviously during like winter when there's not as many, it sucks. But like this last summer was every Friday and Saturday. Like I was out somewhere mm-hmm. doing something, and like yeah, if I can make a living doing that, rather yeah, than... that's true. Well, the thing about weddings is they're like, oh, well, we're already spending fifteen thousand dollars on flowers. Might as well, mm-hmm. you know, throw the DJ right. another couple thousand. Right. Yeah, what's, true. what's the big deal? So. It is a good point. All right, any final words? Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah. You got it all covered? Happy Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa Kevin. Yeah, that's, yeah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yes. I, I don't think I've ever celebrated Kwanzaa. It's not terribly it's, popular. No. Hanukkah once. I had a Jewish friend when I was in, like, third grade that lived down the street from me, and mm-hmm. he invited me over for Hanukkah, so we had to play, like, the dreidel games and stuff like that. See, 4% of Americans celebrate Kwanzaa. Four percent, which is one less than Hanukkah. Well, Hanukkah's five percent. Hanukkah's five percent. I feel like that seems low. Like I feel like there's enough. Well, I mean, isn't the American? Isn't it like two percent Jewish or something? There's not that much. Oh, really? No, there's yeah. not many Jews in America. That is true. What percent? Actually, Jewish blacks and Jews—they all lived in my neighborhood. They're in Minnesota. Yeah, America's only two and a half percent Jewish. So oh. Hanukkah's actually—it's double represented. Interesting. Well, but I mean, you get the multiple presents What's across the, the week. What's the population of America now? Thirteen percent. Thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Yeah, Growing. There. We're strong. We're strong right oh, now. Here We're up. we go. We're up. Stay here, black, America. Stay black. <laughs> stay, that's his Christmas message. Stay black, America. Also, one, yes, exactly. one third of black people celebrate Kwanzaa. Then, that's, that's actually higher than I that's, thought it would be. That's that can't be right. That's it's, way too high. I would say it's probably more common for like African cultures to... Well, but it's not an African thing. It's not an African thing? No. I always thought it was an African thing. What no, is it then? it's an American thing. Oh. Let's see. So in other words, you just made it up. I was just going to roll with it until <laughs> he said something. Let's see. Kwanzaa. <laughs> there you go. It was created by an activist, an American activist. Kwanzaa Jones. Uh, well, his name was Ronald Everett, and then he changed it to Maulana Ndabezitha Karenga. I hate when people change their names. Is Ringa there? I'm calling to see. Yeah, he invented Kwanzaa in like the 70s. What I does think. Kwanzaa mean? Oh. Uh, I don't. Does the name mean anything? That's a good question, actually. Here we go. Etymology of Kwanzaa. We're going to learn all about Kwanzaa today. I can tell an H. Rap Brown story while you're looking it up. It comes from Swahili, Matunda ya Kwanzaa, which means first fruits. I don't hmm. know if Kwanzaa means first or fruits. Okay, well, hard might to say. We might celebrate Kwanzaa next year just to. Spice things up. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> Change it all up. You can choose Christmas one year, Hanukkah the next, yeah. Kwanzaa the next. Whatever. I don't know. You could do Saturnalia if you want to go old school. I wonder what his like reasoning for creating 
Kwanzaa was for. Like, you don't just wake up one day and you're like, I want to create a holiday. I'm going to create a holiday for black people yeah. alone. He said Christianity was a white religion. Uh, no, it's not. Which doesn't really track no, if you look at the world population. All, but, but, you know. Well, I tell you what, you know, the, the CNN's got these, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, these shows based on the decade. Mm-hmm. And they had one from the 60s, I think it was. Might have been the 70s, but I think it was the 60s. They ran into H. Rap Brown. You remember that name, H. Rap Brown? Uh, he was an activist, a black activist back in the 60s, 70s. Okay. I think he's been in prison for like 30 years now or something. H. Rap Brown? H. Rap Brown, yeah. That's not his real name, though. But I think Jamil Alamin, you mean? Yep, that's the guy mm-hmm. right there. Let's see. Is oh, he still in prison? I wonder. I think he still is in prison. I'm not sure. Well, he was convicted in 2000. Yeah, so... Oh, wait, no, 2002. So 20 years? So, yeah, 20 years. So he is still in prison. He sure is. I thought yeah. so. But h Brown was being interviewed by a CBS reporter. Mm-hmm. So the CBS reporter, has got the headphones on, he's got his microphone, he walks up. Well, the new year's right around the corner, uh, sir. Uh, do you have anything? And the guy didn't know it was h Brown. He had no idea. What have you got planned for the new year? And h Brown looks at him, pauses a long time, and goes, Well... We might have to kill all y'all white people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I'm not going to say the name. I'm just going to. Over. So, Tevin, yep. Google H. Rap Brown autobiography. Okay. And tell me if you think this guy might have some mental problems based on the name of the autobiography. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, no. It's got an interesting name. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Can you die, die, big N, die. With an exclamation point. He's def- something's wrong with him. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think he might have some, uh, some, some problems. Some well, what did he do? He's, this, is the, this was like the... explosives or something. This is like the 70s version of like Kanye West. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Oh, there yeah. was a lot of that. He, yeah. What is, see somebody's got to help Kanye out. They really do. He just needs to stop talking in front of a microphone and a camera. Get rid of the Nazi symbol, too. That'd be good. Like, he like, shot two deputies in 2000. Oh, there you go. He shot and oh, okay. killed That'll two do people. it. Yeah, so he's done. <clears throat> That'll get her done. That'll do it. All right. Well. I appreciate you guys having me back. No, I was going to say the name of the, the – oh. but I decided to guess. <laughs> That will end your career pretty quick. <laughs> that would, yes. Stanford will call for my release. That would be it, absolutely. Charlie in Albuquerque says Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas, Charlie. Great so to hear from you. That can be your last show on KQ is just you reading through the list of all the naughty words from Stanford. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah just use them just, all in one sentence. Get, just, get yourself canceled off of KQ. We were, honest to God, I was just telling the story the other day. In 1970, when I moved to Grand Forks, North Dakota, Mm-hmm. I was on the air for a couple of days, and this guy called in. Victor was his name. And he said, let's get together for a little dinner and blah, blah, blah. So I met him over at Sambo's. Mm-hmm. That was an actual place called Sambo's uh, with Sam and Bo. And, I, and after they decided that Sambo was not a good word because some people use it in a derogatory manner, they changed the name to Bosa. So Bo and uh, Sam and Bo became mm-hmm. Bo and Sam. Mm-hmm. So they just called it Bosa Donuts. It couldn't be bosom, I suppose. No, they want to go with bosom. That's probably not a good idea. But um, I met Victor. We had a little dinner over at uh, Sambo's and hanging out. And I, he said, well, where are you living? I said, I'm, I'm still at the hotel. I haven't found a place to live yet. And he goes, man, you should move in with my sister and me, right? 
and I tell the story about now that so that was 52 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, because I be, a lot of people think I'm a racist son of a bitch. They do. They just think I'm racist and all horrible and blah blah blah. How many 19 year olds know that moved in with a black man and a black woman who are racist? Right. Yeah, does that make any sense no, at all it, to you? It, it does sounds not. like a good TV show though. Right. It, it, it does, sound, do like, it does like, sound like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. But one great neo Nazi and a Black Panther <laughs> have to move in together. So I'm making soup one day. This is actually a good Christmas story. I'm making soup one day, and I put a spoon in, and I tasted it, which he didn't like because my spit was on the spoon. I wouldn't like that. No, I, I, but, hey, I'm right out of North Minneapolis. I don't know any better, right? right? I guess, yeah, poor people. You only got the one spoon. He looks at me and goes, don't ever do that again, Big N. And there was this (laughs) long pause, and he goes, We'll keep that in here. <laughs> yeah, I said, okay, okay, Victor. It, we'll keep it in right. here. Uh, so, like, coming up on your last days at KQ, mm-hmm. do you remember your first day like it was yesterday? Is there any, like, oh, what was God, your early yes. moments that, like... Uh, the first day I was on the air, Dan Culhane was there. Um, uh, Mark Rosen was going to do the sports. I remember that. Fun fact, he's my neighbor now. Mark is? Yeah. He, he lives downtown, and, yeah, I see him all the time. Oh, I didn't know he moved downtown. Yeah, yeah sad. He lost his wife last oh, year. Yeah, very, he, his last year has been oh, yeah, very been, heartbreaking. Been hell. There's no question. And I love Marky Rosen. He's a wonderful mm-hmm. guy. But I don't know what to tell you. I can't remember what the hell I was going to say. It's oh, time to your go. First day, your first day. Oh, my first day at KK Rose. Yeah, so yeah. I, I get on there, and for some reason, my it's not my mic didn't work, but something didn't work. It's shocking. And there, yeah, sure, something didn't work at KQ. Setting the tone. Hard to believe that was true. And Rosen told me, like two years later, he said, I thought that first day this was going to be the biggest disaster in the history of radio. <laughs> Turns out last 37 years, and for 20, 29 of those years, it was the highest rated morning show in America. Yeah, And then the Cumulus bought us, and that changed. Must have been my fault. If, like you and Mark Rosen, two of the most like iconic radio tv God, personality like the fact that you guys just kind of happened to come up yeah. the same time we just uh we ran him for governor in 1987 88 i guess it was rosen did kq ran him for governor yeah mark rosen you allowed to run a, someone against their will he had a song written about him, mark rosen for governor oh that's awesome i was hearing like joking because i'll listen to k fan and he's always on there and they'll joke like oh we're gonna have you run for governor i know you actually have oh that's why the they did say it because we oh, ran okay. him for governor yeah he actually got like thousands of votes oh too. yeah i'm not surprised yeah he got thousands of votes but then dan colhane wrote a song for me had his own had his own jingle Rosen, 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 little Marky Rosen. <laughs> I'm sure he loved Clever. that. I miss Dan Colhane. He was a That's a good thing to, to close out before Christmas. Dan Colhane, I miss you, you son of a bitch. You died way too young, man. Dan Colhane was a great guy. Just a wonderful guy to work with. And, uh, God, who else? Lee Valsvik was on that. It was Mark Rosen, Lee Valsvik, Dan Colhane. They were already there when I got there, and then I came and. The show took off so quickly that, that uh, Mark and, and uh, well, everybody got offered jobs uh, elsewhere. Yeah. It was really weird. They just, the show got so big so quickly that, they, you know, CBS went, oh, wait a minute, we should put him on CCO, which he didn't stay on CCO long. He ended up over on KFAN. But I, I just, the show just blew up. I guess it was just, well, first of all, this was pretty straight-ahead disc jockey world before mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. 
So, but I, and you have to remember, I'd been living in New York for all those years before I came back here. I mean, we still had a house here, but I was living during the week. I was yeah. living in New York City, so I was hearing some of the greatest radio people in the history of radio in New York City and Chicago. So when I brought brought it back, it's like, well, you know, I'll just act like normal. I'll just right. instead of having a disc jockey voice or hey, I'm the announcer here, you know, that yeah, stuff. That's so I hate when people do that. I know, and people still do it too. Let me tell you, man. Oh, really? Is that how you talk at home? <laughs> Change the channel. Okay. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Tevin, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I didn't know you were going to stab Alzer in the back, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just starts laughing. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll talk to you on January 3rd.